Ha ha. I'm not um, muted when we're live, though, am I? Uh, you are not muted when you are live. No, that's right. You're live! Is that, do you guys want me to pretend I'm on the radio? No. <laughs> Just me? Okay. All right. Let's well, Nikki, boy. What's going on just outside in my apartment? This is where I spent a lot of my quarantine last year. It's kind of a nice little view. Get to see my old neighbors back there doing laundry and it's it's relaxing. But Chris, I heard you had some big news on this day. Well, I I don't know if it's big news, but I'm kind of just uh pretty much done with this whole real estate thing. I mean, I this this whole getting into um you know the markets the way they are and people paying so much and I just I can't be part of it anymore Andy thank god because we were going to confront you on this Chris and have a little talk yeah yeah well let's let's have that talk you're thinking it's probably passed me by I mean nowadays they're using like computers and phones and stuff like that and uh, it makes it really hard on a guy like me yeah those uh those computers I tell you those, yeah, fortunately, that those computers and stuff did knock out uh, quite a few people in the real estate industry. I think my dad was one of them too. More. What? Tell me more. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, I think that you know that people that weren't didn't really grow up with that. And uh, I mean, we always talk about how old I am. Used the, I used to be the youngest guy in real estate, and now I'm still under the median age. Just so you know. Yep. of a realtor but anyways um you know when when we started we didn't have there was no computers um there was computers but you know the mls wasn't on there they came in a book and stuff and and i think that it knocked out a lot of people when we got to that point of you know going on there so i think it's just time for me to be done um well i uh, i'm sad to i see should be more go. emotional i'm sad to see you go but you you know that you threaten this every year every month <laughs> it, what, what are you gonna do is it, is it april fools today chris is it is it uh yeah it's usually on this day a lot it happens so it's possible i, I was gonna ask you what were you gonna do i mean you gonna go to florida or go yeah, live on the beach you do, chris you're not gonna mow grass you probably do fingernails right? no i'm gonna i'm gonna come and put my laundry up on that patio up by nick over nick's shoulder and uh, and hang out with him over there. Those big boxers will look like some kind of foreign country's flag. <laughs> like, what country is that guy from? <laughs> oh, they would know. <laughs> oh, they, they would. Yeah. Oh, and why is he always uh, on his porch? Market's not changing at all, Andy. We no. haven't seen any changes. I'm back into real estate again, just so you know. I, I've decided not to quit. You guys, April Fools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that uh, that was that was a great bit. Um, yeah, you. I guarantee you guys never thought you thought that was true. Yeah, I know. I always, I used to always do the tell my family that, oh, hey, did you guys see before they get up? It snowed this morning, and and uh, 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 you know, and 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 then what was it? Two years ago, it did. Remember that? It was like, uh, God, yeah. 2019. We got like 18 inches of snow. Hopefully we're done with that. I'll tell you what, yeah. that, wind, that wind this week was pretty wicked um, all week long. And um, 
I don't know. What do you think market market wise? Are we do we want to talk about that, Nick? Yeah, what's happening in the market, Andy? I just need you to let me share my uh, screen quick. Forgot to uh, do that quick. All right. Security, security. But we got a good one today. We got the best um, real estate investment markets in Minnesota right now. A couple of surprising ones that when I when I read it. Yeah. 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 Oh, wrong one. That's a problem. Hold on. Let's let's take a guess. If you had to guess what the best market would be right now, what would you say in Minnesota? What neighborhood? Yeah, okay. In what perspective are you talking about, Nick? Like buying now and in five years, you'll make certain amount on it. Um, you know, I, I've had this theory that the under 350 has been um, just price range in general has been the um, the it, people are overpaying right now. And I, I think that so that'll lessen that return. But it's always the one with the most demand. And then secondly, it's school districts. Usually people follow. Andy, you know, I uh, when I was doing a lot of investing in real estate, that was kind of my my big thing was to get single family homes, um, not townhomes, but more single family homes. And at that time, I was trying to get under two hundred thousand uh, and be able to collect those because I always thought that hey, I could always rent them when the market's bad; they can easily rent, and when the market's good, those markets go up a lot quicker, yeah. um, percentage wise, for what they have. So yeah. to me, uh, that was a big thing. And knowing this article, it talks about five different uh, cities, which I think are interesting. And Andy, they, they cover a lot of your territory. I'm going to be curious to see what you, you, uh, you know, when you do good things, Chris, year after year, your, your markets start reflecting your good behavior. Okay. Yeah, I know. They, they, they stayed away from, uh, from my areas for sure. But uh, I, I'm going to be curious. Uh, I mean, obviously Minneapolis, um, you know, after everything that's kind of happened and gone on, uh, it's still, it's still not, uh, it's not depreciating. I'll tell you that. Hey, we had a guest from our buddy, Carlos. He said, um, he goes, how about St. Cloud or the area around the university has a lot of potential for growth in general. Um, and I, I agree. There's, there's, I think what we're going to realize here, I haven't, I actually have not seen what uh, Nick's going to show us. So, um, but I do think you're going to see there, there's affordability for sure clicking in here. I want to see, I want to see what Andy thinks the five cities are that are, that are growing. He, he's seeing two of them, Minneapolis, but Otsego. I mean, Otsego was a, the foreclosure capital of the world for a while. Yeah, that was true. They had a lot of uh, new construction developments that were, you know, 500 lots brought on and future phases and they just, shut her down and, and put it back into corn. And, uh, but the roads were in, it was kind of crazy. And then they came back and now that's one of the reasons why the market's as hot as it is, is that, you know, some of these big national builders came in there, scooped up these uh, developments that are at infrastructure in play in Otsego um, mm -hmm. or Otsego as most people call it. Um, and, uh, or, or I call it uh, kind of Northwest Rogers. Um, the, uh, the, uh, but anyway, so long story short, what happened was there was so much there that was ready to go and then it shut down. And then right now that a lot of the national builders came back in there and bought things for pennies on the dollars and started ramping it back up. And most of those developments from back in the, uh, the foreclosure days are gone. Um, they're built on. So there's families living there. There's infrastructure, there's tax coming in revenue for the cities, for the schools, and everything up there is looking uh, really, really good. Plus, you know, there question. 
Oh, I'll just say last thing. Part of Otsego is also part of the St. Michael, Albertville St. Michael School District, which is fantastic, and Elk River and Monticello. So depending on you know which way you hit into that quadrant, um, the schools up there are all fantastic. This this looks like a pretty interesting stat. 94.3% rate of home ownership. What does that usually say about an area if people are owning their homes and not like renting? I assume that's what it means. Yes. It does. And I mean, and and, and that is, uh, that, that is good. But I think that also has to do with um, where it's located. You know, I think, you know, a lot of the rentals are maybe um, stacked more in the, in the Metro. There's not as many properties that are, uh, rented out there um, just because of demographics and, and where you sit. And I think that's also why you see some of these like in Otsego, um, the, the, the market around the Twin Cities has gotten so expensive that they start kind of going out. And then communities like that start really popping because it's like, hey, you know what? I can, I can drive an extra 15 minutes to be able to get something that's, you know, 50,000 less. And be able to get something on there too, but that doesn't that doesn't explain crystal though, Andy. Uh, like crystal it's pronounced crystal. Um, crystal. Well, crystal. Yeah. When we sell houses in crystal, uh, I jokingly say that I had uh, a good a good client of mine that had uh, an investment property over there, and he says, "Hey, do you guys sell houses in crystal?" It was funny, and there's no <laughs> hope. Um, just they, it's a joke. Um, yeah. But you know, no, that shocks me because that city was kind of getting sucked down in the value range pretty fast. Um, did not have a super strong environment with, and, and now everything has changed of course, but at that time it didn't have the, hey, move here because of we have good jobs or great schools or lots of cool shopping. It was, it was based on affordability and, and proximity to downtown. So, um, cause Crystal is, is literally right there they've got their little airport they've got you know um, right outside of minneapolis i mean you can take that uh, broadway literally all the way right downtown from crystal so you know you don't even have to get on the freeways to commute from crystal so it, it, that that to me is a no-brainer andy you hit it right on the head there is that i think crystal has grown because um again the same thing that i was talking about is that maybe those those values were a lot lower and people are like you know what we're just going to keep pushing into crystal and uh and grabbing those things and then as people are doing that the prices just keep uh jumping in but that whole what's highlighted there about the medium home values at 168 200 i mean and this article was here just in march um th that's a big reason why you know people are uh are going to that area and pushing the prices up. So yeah. Zimmerman, Zimmerman, do you work it there, Andy? Yeah, you know, I get up there a couple of times a year, um, mostly with, with clients looking for acreage um, or, you know, people that have the, the cabin up in Mille Lacs and, and that just puts them, you know, that much closer to the cabin. And yeah. so they still feel like they're part of the cities and they, you know, basically uh, you work out of uh, primarily the, the Elk River market. So you're, you're grabbing, you know, your groceries and all of your, you know, your home improvement products, a lot of times on your way through Elk River on your way home. Um, but, you know, don't kid yourself. Zimmerman's an up and coming city. Um, some good restaurants up there, you know, and, and uh, they're starting to, um, businesses are investing up there as well because they have the freeway uh, or the highway going through town there. So they, they have nice exposure. So um, you're seeing some nice investments being made up there for sure. And I, and I think, again, I think even with what our new COVID world has kind of brought us uh, with people working out of the house more often, 
they're able to kind of relocate a little further away that they don't have to drive an hour in and an hour back every day. And uh, they're, they're choosing to go outside and, and get more house for the money. Um, I, I just don't know a lot about Zimmerman. I don't, I don't think I've ever uh, sold a house. It's in nice. It's, it's just a little farther out than most people want to go. People yeah. generally, my clients that want to go to Zimmerman um, have dirt bikes, horses, or they want a pole barn, you know, or, or all the above. And so, you know, the, um, or, or they just need more space or they, they want to build a Rambler that's, you know, 2,500 square feet on one floor with a six car attached garage and they can sprawl it all out over, you know, two acres. And, and it's, it's, it's great. I mean, those houses that get up in the five, six, 700,000 range, believe it or not, there's a little town south of there called Livonia that is fantastic. It's kind of like their little high-end version of, of Zimmerman. And uh, being around that area, there's a lot of beautiful, I mean, luxury homes. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, it kind of makes sense when you say, you know, there's lakes and parks and hunting and fishing and all that kind of stuff. And, and again, rather, it's almost a cabin community, but yet you can use it for commuting as well. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. You know this area really well. Yeah. Blaine's where I called home for my business for probably 20 years. Um, the Blaine Remax up there. And, uh, you know, no surprise. I mean, last weekend we, we sold, uh, we were, we have a new development up there, you know, where we're building new houses. And in that uh, one weekend, we sold 10 new sales or ordered 10 new houses to be built for families. And that's unbelievable. I mean, uh, you know, you still can build in that area from probably the 475 range. Most of the clients are building around six, 650. Um, and with interest rates as low as they are, that that's obviously a, a great value. Um, you know, the payments are still affordable, which sounds crazy to me because when we started our careers, Chris, what were we probably down in the 300 range, you know, and, and or 200s even. And now it's like, man, it's, it's up in the fives and sixes. But what, what's nice about that is that you get all the brand new, new efficiencies, new everything, everything's under warranty. And a lot of people don't have time. They're so busy with kids and jobs and you know, working from home, they don't have time to handle the, the daily to-do list on a, on a normal property that would be an existing home. So new construction has been a shining star for sure for Blaine. Well, not much dirt left up there. I mean, there's still some, but not much. It gives us our inventory. I mean, this last week, um, we, ha we have some clients that have been looking for about a month, mm -hmm. lost out on three different places. And then uh, they had a little longer closing date, you know, and they were kind of, you know, going into offers basing it on what everybody else was fine or what they wanted to do. And uh, finally, there's a little infill project. I, I would call it infill project, the 32, th 32 lots in um, New Hope. And just decided, you know, to be able to grab that. It didn't have to compete against a bunch of people. And uh, they, got, they got their house, they got what they want. And now they're just going to have to find a little somewhere to stay after the fact, but hopefully be done by December. So that's cool. a new As a allowing for people i would love to hear your guys thoughts on on that article do you have any objections or is it a good list or are there better investments in minnesota what what there was one more on there that was it oh blaine was the last one well you know i think what they're doing is they're taking the areas that were you know probably the biggest returns so far um what what'll be interesting is that they you know some of those areas outer it, it's like a you start in the center of the city and things heat up like this all of those were outer city with the exception of Crystal. So they're just getting to the, hey, you can get your house um, in the lakes that you paid 850000 for. Now we can actually get you eight fifty dollars again. 
I know that sounds crazy because everybody thinks everybody's making money hand over fist with housing. Some of those high end developments like the lakes are just getting back to where those people are breaking even. It, it's kind of crazy to me, but it's true. And, and they're not, they're, the big returns are not there. Chris and I have talked about this for years. When you're on the high end side of a marketplace, you don't make the same appreciation that somebody that's down at the 200, they're making six, seven, 8% a year going up. Your 850 is not going up necessarily that fast in some of those markets. So we're starting to see um, people looking at building new and, and they look at those existing luxury homes as being a, a really a screaming deal. Yeah, yeah and I, I think I could add, I mean, I could successfully defend probably 20 more areas uh, that's the same thing. Well, name right some now. in the South, Chris, because that, that report was obviously uh, written by me, but um, the yeah, uh, exactly. yeah. article, did Lisa write it? Under a assumed yeah. name, probably. Because I would have been in crayon if Lisa wrote it. I don't it. know if you can write that good. But anyways, um, we have, uh, I, I'll tell you one that an area we've been kind of doing a lot of stuff in right now is Eden Prairie. And that is skyrocketing. I mean, Eden Prairie is going crazy. Um, where, you know, four, we just, I can say it now, we, a four bedroom, two bath, two car garage, um, nicely remodeled. They did, a, they did a nice job on a, on a not so huge lot, went for $470,000, you know, I mean, that yeah, last year, last year, one year ago, I mean, without the kind of the pent up demand and um, all the craziness that happened, I mean, we would have gone on the market at 389 you know, to list it. And we ended up getting uh, 470,000. So, uh, but that's not the, that's not always the case. I, you know, you hear it, oh my gosh, we're losing, everyone's losing. And I did a, I've been doing an analysis. So on our MLS, we can kind of watch the market. So we know every time, you know, when things are closing, we can look them up daily. And so I go in there and I look those up and then I kind of see what sold and then what were the attributes this person had based on what the price they did. And uh, far and away, what it is, the, the more you get done, the more money you get. There's just no question about it. The more, uh, the better, the carpet, the flooring, the tile, the paint, the, the more turnkey it is, your, your return almost doubles on that kind of stuff. So, so sure. if I'm hearing you right, Chris, because you've said this before, and I agree with you a million percent, um, that you, know, you take an area like Eden Prairie. Eden Prairie, let's say the average price was 400000 Zimmerman was at you know three hundred thousand. When the foreclosure crisis hit, Zimmerman went out of business. They were down selling houses for eighty five thousand dollars. Eden Prairie didn't. Eden Prairie stayed stable and was and did, just like Minneapolis pockets of Minneapolis, like South Minneapolis, Edina. Some of those areas, even though the foreclosures were going crazy everywhere, those pockets sustained themselves so well that now when they're showing these Zimmerman coming back, of course Zimmerman looks like it's making a killing because. It was literally in the in the bottom of the bottom, and now it's showing some life again. So it looks like it's on fire, versus an Eden Prairie that's always been on fire. Demand has always been good and stable. So if you're if you're a buyer that right now is saying, "Oh, I'm worried about the marketplace," an opportunity like in Eden Prairie um, might be a great opportunity for you because those markets don't fluctuate as much. You know, during markets that are in flux. Totally. It's I mean that that weird thing people always say about that location matters location, 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 and it does. Um, you know, those are the ones that are gonna go up the highest, but they're gonna kind of maintain themselves. Now, not all of them, I mean, they didn't sit there and say, you know, get, everyone got their high, but they didn't drop like the, you know, the out of town stuff did. And, well, like uh, you're saying, like God Siegel, my gosh. I mean, we, I was looking at 
single family homes in Otsego that were $125,000 for a 2,200 square foot, three bedroom, two bath house with a three car garage, landscaping was done and nobody was even looking at them. Yeah. It was a ghost town. Yeah, yeah but there was also, uh, didn't Otsego get kind of caught up on the whole uh, mortgage fraud appraiser builder thing too? They never proved anything. Uh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. The, uh, yes, they did. They, there was a lot of the old- Just like you prank. <laughs> build it for 750, it'll appraise. And everybody's getting paid under the table from the buyers to the straw buyer to the, the person coming in on a contract for deed to the, I mean, it was, it was absolutely full of scams up there. But that was the, some of the areas that I was working in, in the higher end golf course communities, it was up there. And there was a couple other um, developments where, I mean, they were building like 50 houses when nobody was building houses. And it was all because they could still appraise them high enough and, and make the gap. It was, it was, a, it was sad. And then they'd sit vacant. People would break in and start growing stuff in the basement. It was a problem. Like mushrooms? Is that what they're sure. doing? Okay. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be really interested in hearing all the different stories that happened during that foreclosure time from you guys. You know, how you survived and, and everything that kind of happened. It sounds like a crazy time, like a movie. For Andy, for Andy more so, I never... Um, and not that uh, I'm not I'm not even making fun of him, but he was he worked with a lot of the banks, so he had to do a lot of the the pre work, uh, you know, before it goes on to the market. I was kind of more just involved in selling them after they got them on the market, but we also had um, one of the biggest foreclosure guys in our office at the time, Garth Johnson, who's a great guy. He was on that radio show a lot of uh, many times, and uh, some of the stories that that guy had and what they had to deal with and all the ebbs and flows that they went through and how, how people would, you know, leave all their furniture there. Andy, there, there was some progression on that. Like you could take any of the furniture that you wanted, then it, it turned into, you can't touch anything. And then it turned into, hey, you can stay in that house as long as you want, we'll sell it. And then we'll make the buyer try to get rid of you. I mean, the whole foreclosure process really was a interesting uh, process because no one knew what the heck to do. Right. A lot of times we were taking care of the vacant properties more or less, you know, and, and at all price ranges. I mean, I was everything from the one and a half million dollar houses and, and they'd leave them fully furnished and just would leave and we would rekey it and let it sit there and go through the legal process of abandoning their stuff and having the sheriff determine that it's been abandoned and legally like releasing it. And it it's kind of crazy, but it you know, what it comes back to guys is this, any market that's full of excess and you, you're as a buyer, you're not dumb. You know, when you're walking into a deal and you go, God, that seems weird. It is weird. And be careful. You know, trust your instincts. You're always right. I mean, I, how many times I've said that to people where if you walk into a community and you're like, boy, I really feel like this is a, a you know, fake, you know, fluffy, creepy, whatever. Get out of there. There's plenty of good properties for sale right now in, in good communities, you know. Well, I shouldn't I say that. Maybe not, but yeah. there used to be. I know we got to go to a new topic, right? Yeah, we're going to pivot quick to ways the listener can save some month or some money on their monthly bills. This one to do with uh, utilities. I thought you guys could uh, give a good idea of all the ways you've seen in the past. First one. Yeah. Attic well, insulation. I'm going to give a, I'm gonna give a little uh, thing about insulation. Um, my last house that we had uh, for a long time and we, we lived in it for about half the time, rented it the other time, but uh we did. You haven't had anything for a long time. That one we did. 
I bought it in 2001 and I sold it in 2020. I was going to say, Chris, flip it, Rooney. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves it in my family. They're like, well, look at Nick. Nick's now a nomad. But um, energy to me is, uh, you can see that spray foam there. That's what I did in all my walls. And, and that house, which was 6,000 square feet, uh, I mean, my my gas bills were never over a hundred bucks. It was crazy, you know, mm -hmm. and how much you can save on insulation. So for long-term, if you're gonna invest um, from the beginning or later on, insulation goes a long way in helping you on that. What do you think, Chris, the average house, um, you know, in a normal city, you know, uh, 1200 square foot house, what do you think, two, three grand, four grand at the most to get that oh, ceiling yeah. reblown? Yeah, and you, can, and you can really blow that yourself as well. I mean, you, you get, you rent the machine and then you get those, I mean, I just had some guys do it for me and uh, where we were kind of redoing my house and I said, Hey, just blow it all in there. I mean, I got it for very inexpensive. It was like 800 bucks. Yep. So, you know, weather stripping and all these insulated outlets and switches and stuff like that, that, yeah, that's, I mean, th that's kind of just goes with the whole insulation thing because, um, you know, you just, you're trying to eliminate, but now Andy with, um, with your um, new construction, I mean, these are the things that you get automatically, you know, it's kind of funny because you know, I, like, too. I was just going to comment on, you know, a lot of times when somebody comes into a model home, those houses are so tight, they'll open up the front door and the garage door will open up at the same time. If it's not latched right, you know, the houses are that tight with the air pressure. Um, but I was going to say that the, the average house in Minnesota, we, I've, I've, I deal with a couple of energy auditors that were, they'll come out, you know, with our new construction, their engineering firms, and they, they audit the houses and, and suggest ways to make the properties more energy efficient. And they said, did you know that the average house in Minnesota has in the winter, the equivalent of a 14 inch hole in the house, letting hot air out and cold air in uh, on average, because they're, they're not tight. Now, the argument is, is that the houses that breathe, you know, it last longer, right? The old houses that have that leaky, drafty windows, they don't get mold. They don't have all that crap going on. As soon as you seal stuff and lock that, you know, air from going in and out of the home and, and letting the moisture, you know, uh, uh, recalibrate itself, you know, it, it doesn't, it, it, it's, you cause problems. So like taking an old house, putting in brand new windows, all of a sudden they've never had mildew before. And now they have mildew, for an example, or... You know what I'm saying? So you got to be a little bit careful when you're when you're installing this. It's kind of like a don't go halfway. If you're gonna install all these, you know, weather stripping and seals and new insulation, make sure that you're dealing with a consultant that can make sure that you're also possibly putting in an air exchanger now because if you don't have air coming in your house and now it's tighter, it's not breathing. You know what I mean? So right. just make sure you're doing the whole package, not just the the fingernails. Do everything. You know, I was gonna talk about that thermostat because um, I for the first time got myself one of those, uh, what are they called? That the uh, nest, that's what it is. And that nest thing is very interesting. I, I, I can't believe that I'm not saving quite a bit of money because what it does is it follows your habits and it turns down the heat. And it, start, it was starting to learn, but gosh, I'd go to bed at night and then I'd, I'd get up and it was at like 58 degrees. And then when I'd walk by it, I mean, it would heat up really quick, but I mean, that's gotta help. Well, look at this. 
I don't even read these things. Look at this. I'm right on with 55 degrees here, Andy, but, uh, but it, it's really interesting. So it starts learning how you start to live and when you go away. And the other thing is, is if you can have it on your phone and turn it down all the time, that makes a big difference. Chris, I keep my garage 55 degrees. Who are these people? Yeah, right. I don't. My, actually, my garage was, uh, was heated more than what my house was. Yeah, I do like so. a nice warm car when I get out to to. Roll. No, you know, but you, you look at these these items that they're talking about here, and um, I, I so quick analogy. My my brother and I both have new trucks, right? Yeah. And we both have trucks. He pulled in the intersection, and the thing shuts off. You're like, oh, I feel good because I'm not burning fossil fuels while I'm sitting here waiting for the light. On the other hand, they they sell you on the fact that it's energy efficient, energy efficient, but now you know, 16 months after buying that brand new truck, I'm putting in a $1,700 starter because it constantly has to restart my truck all the time. What did you really save? You know, what is the carbon footprint of making that new starter? Or, you know, so some, here's what I'd say to you guys. Energy efficiency is a great concept. Just make sure you understand what you're doing, what the consequences are and the side effects of doing things. Because, you know, there's not, it's not always a simple solution with making houses more energy efficient because one problem that you solve with an energy efficiency thing can create another problem. So just be prepared. You know, you might want to have somebody consult you and give you a whole house solution. Well, then I think you just hit on another part of that is that what's really worth it in the long run when you're going to sell, you know, that's, that's another piece of it. When, when you're talking about, you know, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That might not make the impact like a new light fixture would. So mm -hmm. consult with your realtor. I mean, if you're thinking about, I'm not going to be there for a super long time. I want to put in about $5,000. Should I insulate my water heater and put a new shower valve in and a nest? Or should I paint the cabinets and put in new hardware? Well, I'd probably be going to paint the hardware and put in new cap, you know, we had, paint uh, the cabinets, new hardware. You're right, Chris. I mean, a couple of years ago, I'll give you a quick example. I had, I had a, a friend of ours that lives on the Mississippi River and they, they needed some retaining wall work done. They stuck $125,000 into the retaining wall to make sure that their, their frontage stays frontage, right? And which is, which is normally done on, on moving water. That's normal. So they put that in. Then they put on a new roof on the house. They put all new windows in the house. They had new siding put on the outside of the house. And so the, the investment that was made on this house was unbelievable. New furnaces, new ACs. But the problem was the interior was not cosmetically completed. Now, the neighbor next door um, stuck a third of the amount of money into the house and put it into the kitchen and the bathroom, okay? The, the bank is literally, the shelves of dirt are falling into the river. And, you know, so he's not addressing the, the, the utility side of it or the, you know, and guess which house sold for $25,000 more? Yeah, exactly. The new kitchen and the new bathroom. I'm telling you. So from an, I always think that's an old man perspective. I need to do the hard work first. And then they don't, they never do the cosmetic work. The consumer buys the cosmetic work. The, remember buyers are emotional buyers buy an emotion. So they want to walk in and feel special and excited and like, Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Right. That's contractor mentality. You know, it, it really is. And where you're spending all the money and uh, Hey, you got to have this and this and that, but yeah. it's the frills that help itself. So. And this goes into our, our Rooney's rant. Um, features, add-ons, designs that are kind of not worth it or overdone, maybe even overrated. Let's yeah. play our little our yeah. little movie here. 
Hey, you guys got to be quiet so the sound goes. No, no sound for this guy. No sound. We gotta, we gotta work on that. But uh, my, my thing was is, it, was, is it the, was it the Benny Hill soundtrack? It was a waltz. It was ah. a waltz. Yes. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, designs that are not worth it. I think I'm gonna concentrate more kind of on the overdone yeah. and overrated stuff. And I think shiplap has gotten that way. Um, people were shiplapping the refrigerators for God's sakes. <laughs> Uh, we need, we can't, too much shiplap is too much, but pockets of it are really good. Uh, yeah. you, when you kind of go overboard, it just doesn't, uh, you know, people get kind of more focused in on that. You know, everyone's talking about the, you know, the grays and the whites and the, you know, obviously the shiplap and the stainless steel and the granite, it still sells. I mean, it definitely, it definitely sells, but I think um, if you wanted to, uh, you know, too much of one thing is what you don't want to do. So if you're going to have a stark white house and have white appliances with it and a, and a white uh, kitchen sink and the, the rails are white and everything is white, uh, you, you can't do that. What you need to do is you need to be able to um, integrate different looks. I mean, exactly what's behind Andy. You can kind of see um, different types of materials that are used. You know, with it's brick, but it's painted white. You know, and you got the black, uh, the windows, and the, it's just in the wood floor. That's I have my nap. Of, I have my nap area right over here, so I can take yep. naps in the office. It's nice. Yeah, you, you you look really good. But what do you think is over overrated or overdone, Andy? You know, um, right now I, I've started to realize how many of our houses that we're we're selling are craftsman style, and it's almost become like the Minnesota. They don't they they've taken the name off of it. People don't think they're building craftsman. They just think that's just new construction. Um, I think craftsman has been done to the point of where it, it's become kind of the, the norm. I think that we could have some fun exploring other um, architectural accents. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you you got a a good part. I, I totally agree with that. That uh, we're we're really um, kind of focused in on that. What would you what would you call it? Like modern farmhouse more or more yeah, that's the, traditional. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of that where everybody's going white with black windows and then but that remember now you're you're in 10 years, you're gonna be the whole oh, member back in the 90s when everybody did white countertops and white appliances and oak cabinets. I mean that that you're in that trend. Same with the grays. I see a lot of the grays being done inside the houses. And um, and I, I just worry that you need to do a variety of materials so that you don't label or stick yourself into a pigeonhole, you know. Okay. Speaking of that new construction, uh, we have Andy's analogy, the advantages, advantages of new construction versus existing. Why would you pay more for new construction? Now we're going to try this video. You two should mute your mics, then we'll see if it makes sound. <laughs> I will mute myself right now, my friend. Oh, oh. Ah! Here we go. Andy looks really good. I'm trying to figure out what those that those those four ladies are on there for. It's a it's a meme, a, confu a confused meme. Okay, they're trying to figure out what his analogy is because 
he's got new ones every, he's had them for 20 years and, and now he doesn't know how to unmute his speaker. There he goes. I do too. <laughs> I, uh, you know, so, so um, with new construction guys, here's the deal. It, it's, it's a lot of people use it as a bucket list opportunity. They want to do something. They want to go through the experience of building, having complete control from the ground up. Um, I do want to point out that every builder is completely different on that experience. Um, some let you do some of the stuff. Some of them will not let you change anything. Some of the, the current builders are so busy right now that they're actually telling you, you can pick one of these five models. You can't even pick the colors. You know, that's already selected. So if you want right. one, write it up and take it. Um, Cause there's, there, the market's ridiculous right now. So um, why would you build new? Uh, building new, what's nice is if you started, um, depending on when you start the build, you're going to have what they call lot taxes on that home generally or partial taxes for usually up to a year, year and a half, depending on how your local uh, taxable assessing authority does it. Um, but for the most part, they look at January 1st, is it a lot? Then you get lot taxes that whole year and half of the next year. If it's a partially built house, you get partial taxes the entire year. So that means, you know, instead of, hey, you build a $600,000 house, instead of 7,000 a year, you might be at, you know, 1,500. Really nice way to ease into it. The other thing, everything's brand new, shiny, under warranty, never been used. Nothing better than, than that. I mean, a lot of people really enjoy that. There's, there's gratification to being, you know, the first glass of water out of the, uh, the water dispenser on the front of the fridge, um, even though, you know, secretly somebody else has priority done it, but don't, don't worry about that. Um, and then, you know, the other thing is, is that everything's under warranty cosmetically for a year. So if anything pops, settles, cracks, you, you have your builders coming back to make those um, adjustments to continue that new feel of your home. And I think there's a sense of ownership when you have new pride of ownership. When you have new, a lot of people keep their houses in better condition. Um, they've designed their house to compartmentalize all the things. So there's not the catch-all room where all your crap piles up. You actually have an office. You actually have a kid's play area. You have a, maybe even an in-home gym or whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's then the, the last thing I'd leave you with is energy efficiencies. Um, those new houses are, you're like, you're living in a Yeti cooler. I mean, they're so efficient and, and reasonable, you know, the big house that you build or the bigger house that you build from where you came from, um, you know, it usually has the same utility bills. That's, and you're doubling the size. So, you know, as you were talking, Andy, I just kind of thought of something that I haven't really, um, kind of considered it like this, but if I'm considering new construction versus existing construction, I might want to plot in that, hey, yeah, new construction is going to be more. But in reality, I'm saving about 15 years worth of repairs that oh, maybe yeah. these other houses that you're going to have to do over time. So yeah, maybe I'm paying 400 for this, but I'm paying 440 for this. But next year I'm paying this, 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 and this, and then it's up here. Yep. You know, well, you know the other thing, you're, you're right, Chris. And I think that there's one other thing I'll leave you with. Um, you know, if you're, if you're going with a big Wall Street builder, they're not all the same. So, some are really good and some are really bad as far as for the materials they use. Some of them literally go in and go, what's the cheapest siding I can put on this house? And, and they do. And they, they cut a deal and they buy it nationally. And then they literally are putting on a product that isn't going to give you the same longevity that a custom builder that, you know, says, hey, let's put on that locally manufactured LP smart side. Granted, you pay more, but the longevity is there. So, you know, when you look at building new, I really, there's a cost analysis that you can do for yourself where you sit down and say, listen, you know, is it worth upgrading my driveway from asphalt to concrete? Well, it, it, let's say it's $7,000 more. Are you going to get $7,000 worth the enjoyment out of it? 
or will it last twice as long? Because when you go to replace that asphalt driveway in 10 years, is your concrete going to last 20 years? I would say it will. So, you know, but then it's not brand new, you know? So it's like, it, there's a, there's a pro and a con to everything, you know? So it's like, um, just don't be afraid to analyze what's important to you and make sure that it's included with the new construction. And then the things that aren't as important to you, you know, ask, say, Hey, can we cut back on this item? Because I, it's not as important to me or my family. Can we cut back on that item and, and then get the cost down to where I can afford more of the things I like? I think a lot of people, Andy too, are looking at it as, Hey, it's cost me 50,000 more. For everything brand new, it's going to cost me about 150, 160 bucks a month. I mean, that's really what it is. And people are looking, people aren't looking at 50 grand. They're looking at one, 150, $160. And Chris, we've always said this, you live in the payment, not the price, yep. unless you pay cash. Yep. You know, if you pay cash, which they say you shouldn't do right now, they say everything should be financed. You know, um, it's, it's the way to go. The better value, keep your cash in the bank and, and you'll earn better investments on, on or earn a better return on other investments. And then, you know, if you think about this, so let's say you invest, I'll just give you a quick analogy. Um, so you have a hundred, let's say it's a hundred thousand dollar house and which doesn't exist, but let's say that you put a um, hundred thousand dollars down and over the next 10 years, that house appreciates to $200,000. Okay. And, and it doubles in value in, two, in 10 years, incredible investment. Um, you, you're literally, if you do the math on that, you're only getting about a 10% return per se, when you're, when you're putting 100% cash in. Um, when you take that exact same analogy and you put 10% down and now it goes up, you, you're getting a thousand percent return on your cash. So it's like, that's why people are borrowing money right now because they can get a better return on the cash on cash. You know, so that's where the, when you, you know, and even Nick, when you're talking about how do you make investments, you, you got to just analyze the money, the cost of money, what you get, what the appreciation rates are. And, 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 and then uh, even a normal investment can become fantastic if you do it right. I was, I was meeting with a couple of young guys uh, last night and that's what we were talking about is, uh, you know, how to invest in properties. And they're like, hey, I want to go from, you know, my townhouse and then I want to get another, like maybe a duplex and then I'll do a triplex and then a fourplex. But the thing that's interesting with uh, dollars and cents and how investors look at them, as I said, hey, you can, you can flip over to the 20 unit building if you can show the bank the numbers, it's more about the numbers than even you qualifying. Because if you're if you're an accredited investor and know what the heck they're doing, you know they're going to look and say, hey, they're getting you know seventeen thousand every month in rent. You know their their debt service is only ten thousand. I mean, this is easily we'll we'll finance that thing no problem for this much. And so uh, it, it is kind of interesting, but it was it was really interesting to watch the kid his eyes just opened because he was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. I thought I had to, you know, make it, you know, 500,000 a year to be able to kind of qualify for something like that. And you well, you basically taught him how leverage works. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of leverage, I got a, a date leverage here pretty soon at the park. It's 75 degrees out, gonna get a little bottle of wine. So I think uh, time's about, up on this, uh, how this do you, broadcast uh, real quick how do you romance uh an italian speaking female what do you say uh, ciao mi piace <laughs> bella bella and then and then that's where my italian goes bye bye and i just say excuse me do you speak english and then <laughs> go from there uh visa card lots of money <laughs> americano americano yeah it's, no uh, but hey uh -huh. yeah I was going to say, hey, make sure Anchor, we, we transitioned to Anchor, so we're on back on Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, 
everywhere you listen to podcasts, make sure to check us out, subscribe to our stuff. And yeah, we're back in black. We're starting to roll again. Yeah. That's really exciting. I, I appreciate you guys um, every week putting this together and, and, you know, and I know that the, if you, if you like the show, let us know. Cause I know we do have some fans out there that every week submit questions and, and we try to get to those every week and, and, and topics too. If you guys have a topic you want us to tackle, let us know, send us a message and uh, we'll, uh, we'd love to tackle it. And if you want to be part of the show, let us know too. If you're a lender, a contractor, whatever, and you want to be part of our topic, we're always looking for exciting new things and people doing great things in the community. Agreed. All right. Well, with that, I will, I will send you off to the park, Nick. Ciao, ciao. Ciao.